Hey ladies and gents and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast where we talk about video games and everything happening in industry. Today we have a fireside groove. I'm joined by Dom. How's it going, Dom? It's good to be here with you. It's good to be here with you as well. So yeah, <laughs> two-man podcast uh, this week. Um, yeah, uh, Jordan wasn't able to make it, unfortunately, but he'll be back next week. Uh, as far as what we've been playing this week, uh, I had a really interesting thing I want to talk about and uh, maybe I'll talk about it with Jordan next week. So I played two games this week. I played more than two games, but I played two games specifically that one made me remember how much I I love a franchise, and the other one made me realize how much I disliked a franchise. Um, and basically, so I played Gwent. Uh, I got into the beta oh. for that. I loved Gwent. That isn't involved in the thing that I just stated. I was, that was just the other game I also played. <laughs> um, so I played Gwent. Really fun. Um, it's, it's, I like that they took that, uh, out of that main game of Witcher 3 and made it its own thing because it is kind of deep. It's like, you know, MTG or other card games. So it's really fun. Obviously it's a beta, so you don't really get achievements or anything for it, but it is fun. I'm really enjoying my time there. Um, but the games I played, so I played Borderlands 2 and I played Bejeweled 3. Now Bejeweled 3 is, I don't know if you guys remember a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week I was talking about for the backwards compatible list. Uh, for like the games you can download or ready to install that you own, uh, Microsoft gave a bunch of people just free games. They gave them like Bejeweled 2, Bejeweled 3, Feeding Frenzy, Feeding Frenzy 2, like a bunch of games, right? Just for free. Gave them to everybody, which I thought was cool. So I started playing Bejeweled 3, and I forgot how awesome Bejeweled was, and I remember, not, I realized like this is why people got so addicted to Candy Crush, right? Because Candy Crush is essentially just a reskin Bejeweled. And then I got into the mode of just like, I was listening to podcasts and I was trying to get achievements and stuff. But like, Bejeweled's fun. It's simple. It's like, it's, you know, it's the same reason people love Tetris. It's like, well, the game has been out for so long. It's such a simple game, but it's just fun, right? Just fun to play, fun to see like lines disappear. Are you familiar with Bejeweled, Dom? I'm pretty sure you are. I think everybody's played Bejeweled. So Candy Crush was like three pieces in the same color in a row. Is yeah. that the same thing as Bejeweled? Yeah, literally, Candy Crush is a reskin of Bejeweled. It's a so little, it literally is the same. Yeah, exactly. Um, obviously, there's a slight differences, but yeah, it's three. If you get three colors, you dis you make those disappear. If it's four in a row, okay. it creates a special kind of thing. It's literally the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So I was playing Bejeweled three, having a great time, loved it. I'm like, I think three or four achievements away from perfecting it. It was an arcade game on the 360, so it only has like, I think 200 gamer score. Um, this is before the Xbox One when they made everything have a thousand. Uh, so yeah, loving that. So now um, you can realize that the other game I'm about to state is the game that I realize why I don't like a franchise. I played Borderlands 2 over the weekend. Uh, it was a free play weekend and they let people download the pre-sequel and Borderlands 2. Uh, previously I had gone through Borderlands 2 campaign on my 360 with a couple of friends. I didn't finish it. I think I got to like level 20, 18 or 20, something like that. Um, and then now I was like, I'll play it again, right? So one of my buddies downloaded it as well, and we started playing through it. And I just really don't like Borderlands. I don't get why people like it as much as they do. I, and I'm, I'm not trying to be hateful or anything, but it's just one of those franchises I don't understand the prestige. Like, people love Borderlands, and they can't wait for Borderlands 3, and I just, I don't like those games. It's kind of the same reason I dropped out of Destiny of, like, the loot grind. That's essentially what that game is. I don't think... The story is very interesting in Borderlands. I don't think that's a point of it. I think it's, you know, you're hanging out with people and grinding for weapons, right? And making different characters. It's the same reason I don't play MMOs. So I just think that maybe I'm just not the person for Borderlands, you know? I don't know. I'm actually, I'm I'm of the same opinion. I tried to play Borderlands 2 a while back, and I don't know, I just couldn't get into it. That being said, I only ever tried to play by myself. So to me, I could see that being a fun game, you know, to play with friends. Uh, but otherwise, I don't think it has much... 
for me, it didn't have much appeal. It's kind of, I had same complaints you just said, like the stories and whatever. Characters were weird, but I, I, I don't know. That novelty yeah. wore off quickly on me. The only cool thing that that game has is so in the main city of Sanctuary, um, there's a random NPC that can spawn. And if you talk to him, he gives you a weapon. And he's actually named after a huge Borderlands super fan that died before they made the game or maybe a little bit after. And it's actually tied to an achievement too. Um, yeah, like I just don't see the appeal. Like when um, Battleborn came out, I wasn't expecting it to be something crazy good because, you know, it doesn't – they don't have the track record that Borderlands, I mean Borderlands, that uh, Blizzard does, right? When Overwatch came out, and people just say they love Borderlands, and I just have never gotten it. And um, it's the only Telltale game I've never played, um, oh, yeah. out of not, besides Batman. I just don't think that universe is very special or interesting, and uh, yeah, it just doesn't roll with me. And I was like, I'll give Borderlands a second chance, and. Still isn't for me. So when Borderlands Three comes out, unless it's free or something, I will I won't even look at that game twice. Uh, what about you? What have you been playing this week? Not much. Uh, been a busy week, but I've been playing Oracle of Ages on 3DS. Okay, cool. Because it's been a while since I played uh, Seasons and Ages. Like since I was younger, you know, probably middle school or even younger than that, maybe. And this game's really good. Like I forgot. I completely forgot how good of a game this was. Um, I'll get into seasons next, but Ages is like, it's superb. Like the level design, the puzzles, everything about it is like, well, this is like exceptional for a 2D Zelda game. Um, I completely forgot that at one point you actually go underwater to like a Zora village, like completely submerged. And it was like totally like kind of a new thing uh, for a 2D game, I felt like, or a 2D Zelda game at least. I I was just like, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about this. Like... Go inside Jabu Jabu's belly and all that again. Um, it was just uh, kind of nostalgic, I guess. But So I was just having a little bit of fun with that. And that's pretty much it. Any Persona? Uh, no, no, I didn't even. I'm probably going to come back to that after uh, after Zelda here. Okay, so slow week in video games, busy week everywhere else. That's perfectly yeah. fine. Uh, do you watch anything? I mean, I watch Westworld and stuff. I'm not. I, I don't like. You know, like I said, I don't want to say that every week. But like, did you watch anything interesting this week? Just Walking Dead, and actually, okay. and the the second episode was fine. It was there's a tiger and whatever else. But <laughs> I heard the CG is not very good of the tiger. Like, the I mean, I don't. I don't know how it could be. It's probably as good as it could possibly be for that budget right of now. That show. Exactly. Yeah. But it's you can you you can tell it's CG. Yeah. It's not, like, horrendous, but you can definitely tell. So, I mean, that episode was fine. Um, I, I already can tell that this season's going to drag on. Mm-hmm. And it's going to build up. And then there's going to be a payoff probably at the end, you know. But I'm, I don't know. I'm going to keep watching it. I always will, of course. But <laughs> yeah. the other show um, me and Emily just got into actually is Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, Jordan's been talking about that all. I need to watch it, too. It's like a anthology right like no episodes tied to the other they're just like self-contained yeah and we didn't even know that going in we just played the first episode and we were completely like like just dropped like captivated um each one has been we watched four episodes they're pretty long uh and yeah each one's completely self-contained different actors um and it's like a weird the the reoccurring theme among the episodes is just kind of a near future and like a new kind of technology and how that affects us and i don't want to get into it too much but it's really cool it makes you think a lot 
um, very interesting so far. So that's cool. Um, yeah, so I think it wasn't a too busy of a week from both of us, but uh, I'm 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 interested to hear what Jordan has to say about uh, Borderlands as well because I think he is a fan of Borderlands. I think he said he had a character that was almost level fifty, which is crazy to me. And me and you don't really it seems like me and you are in a consensus of that that we don't really get it. Like it's not for us. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that'll be an interesting. Maybe we can have that as a topic next week. Um, let's hop into the news. So the first bit of news here is from that game company, and they're tweeting about their uh, their game, which is uh, they actually have a Twitter account for it called That Next Game, which I think they use for their next game whenever they're making it. Um, they basically tease their, their new game. And the biggest thing here is remember that this is multi-platform. Uh, they signed a three-game deal with Sony, and that's done. So hopefully this game will come to Xbox One because... Uh, you know, that, that game company's video games are great. You know, Journey, Flower. Um, the way they teased it is the first picture was a candle lighting another candle. It's a light blue backdrop. I'll probably insert it in the video uh, portion. Uh, the second picture was four kids, like, holding hands, and they have... It looks like they're wearing, like, the Journey-like thing around their necks. Like, they have, like, these weird, like, wing things. Like a poncho, kind of. Um, and it says 2017 under it. And then the third one... It looks like a screenshot from Zelda Breath of the Wild to me. Like, it's like a sky with a cloud with, like, a weird, like, old ancient temple, like, archway thing with the steps. I mean, you saw it, Dom. What do you think about this? Like, do you think this is – I don't think it's a sequel to Journey, but do you think this is going to be more Journey-esque than Flower of, like, it's a character you're controlling? Like, there's kids? Like, what do you what do you take away from this tease? I mean, it's going to be what it is abstract as shit right yeah. i never played flowered um journey though i did just recently play it was free on ps plus but i i still don't know i still don't i don't think i get it uh-huh i mean it, I, it was cool like it was the music was really cool and it, it was it, i don't know it made me feel weird but i i just didn't really get it i guess um from what i took thing. from what i took away from it is it's like a <clears throat> journey is a statement on life so it's like from you know, the, the beginning of life to death and kind of dealing with that. That's what I took away from it. But I think Journey is one of those games where there is, I think, a a certain message, but I think it's one of those games that's so abstract that you can take away your own meaning from it. Uh, I am excited. Journey is a beautiful game, so I'm excited to see how beautiful this game will be on PS4 Pro and Xbox Scorpio, you know, whatever that is. So I'm, I'm excited to see how pretty it is. Uh, whether or not it'll be uh, substantial by any means, we'll see. Um, a lot of people didn't like, what was the new, uh, that game company S game that came out, uh, Abzu. A lot of people didn't like Abzu. Yeah. Um, and I think, I don't think it was cause it was a bad game. I think people were trying too hard to compare it to that game company. And just because it's an experimental kind of non game game, more of an experience, doesn't necessarily mean they're trying to chase that game company. Um, so I don't know. I'm interested to see how this does. I think just because it has the name of that game company behind it, there is, you know, optimism behind it, but we'll see. It's interesting. Um, they're not red. Uh, uh, they're not Rockstar with Red Dead, so they're not going to get crazy numbers teasing like this. But it is an interesting way, and we could possibly see something at PlayStation Experience. The timing's a little weird that they would announce it now, you know. So That's we'll see. Point. Yeah, they don't have an exclusive deal with Sony anymore, but it doesn't mean they don't want Sony doesn't want them to show off their game on Sony's platform. Um, the next bit of news here. Uh, so coming up, we're actually at the end of the show. We're going to be talking about our N7 predictions. There was a new Mass Effect Andromeda tease. Uh, it was over on the Mass Effect channel. It's currently sitting at like half a million views. 
uh, I think it's not getting a lot of traction as far as people watching because A, it doesn't have gameplay in it, and B, I think people are just waiting for the 7th, and they know this wouldn't be anything substantial. Um, it's sitting at a really good like-to-dislike ratio, which I like to look at now for video game stuff, considering Call of Duty got hammered and Battlefield, you know, got crazy numbers. So it's at 13,000 likes, uh, 300 dislikes, so the like ratio is super high. Uh, and have you seen, did you see this tease, by the way, Dom? I didn't even bother, no. Yeah, so it's not anything crazy. It's so it's uh it shows footprints on the moon and it starts panning out. It's a guy talking. It kind of sounds like Ron Perlman, but not really. Um, so he's talking about Earth and stuff like that. And it starts panning out, and then you start panning up and you see Earth, and then you see uh, an N7 soldier walking up, and it's slowly panning away from Earth, looking at the person. And then it keeps panning out, panning out, and you see them actually building the space stations around the first mass relay that we found near Earth. So my my thought process is this is telling us that we're going to, I think at the beginning of the game, we're going to start the game in current time or around when current time was, you know, before the contact wars and all that. And I think that we're going to be sent to Andromeda somehow, some way, and then that's going to start the story. Because we know that when you start in Andromeda, it's 600 years after the events of Mass Effect 3, right? Um I just don't know why they would show us finding the mass relay unless it's to tell you, like, hey, you're an explorer. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you think I'm kind of off about that? Like, what do you what do you expect the beginning of this game to be like? So you said it's 600 years after? Yeah, 600 years. As far as I understand it and what I've seen, Andromeda will take place 600 years after the events of Mass Effect 3. Um, but the, the this video showed them basically building the space station on the relay when they first found the relay, right? So that was way before Mass Effect even happened. So um, it, I'm just I'm intrigued to see if this if this has any connection to the game or is this just showing you, hey, you're Explorer, this is where we were, get ready for Andromeda, you know? So Yeah. I may be reading too much into it, to be honest with you. No, I think you're right. Like, this isn't going to be connected to – you're not going to be, like, playing a, a flashback from – Yeah. You know what I mean? Nothing crazy like that. I doubt it. Um it's interesting. We'll get into it later in the topic, though, actually. I'll, I'll <laughs> simmer down for now. Alrighty. Uh, so the next bit of news here, another leak. And uh, so this comes away of Jason Schreier over at Kentucky, as almost every story does. Uh, next, uh, Name of next Tomb Raider leaks because guy had it open on the subway. You guys have probably heard this news story before. There was actually an employee sitting on a train, or uh, sorry, a train, uh, subway in Montreal, he had his laptop open. The guy was standing behind him. He took a picture of it because he saw the document the guy was looking at. It looked strangely familiar. And he posted a picture. And on the guy's laptop, it shows Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So it shows the next name for the Tomb Raider game. Yes, this can change. It's still in production. It hasn't been announced yet. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, this is probably the name of the next Tomb Raider. There was Tomb Raider, then Rise of the Tomb Raider. Shadow of the Tomb Raider kind of makes sense. Uh, I like that on the picture it shows an orange theme, which I think is cool. The orange with white instead of, like, blue with white or white with white as they've been doing. So I really like the orange with white theme. Uh, yeah, this just goes to show you can't be safe in public. And, you know, this is vital information. This is funny because you don't really – there's a lot of leaks in the movie industry, but they're not like this. And because the video game industry is so secretive, it's funny when this stuff happens, you know. Um, I, I think Colin uh, from Kind of Funny was saying that he thinks that – uh, they might fire this guy, which I think is a little harsh. I understand the whole point of that, but like, I think this might just be a learning lesson of like, hey, don't open our private documents on a subway. You don't know no, who's watching, right? 
Yeah, so I can speak to it because I have, I deal with that a lot at work too. I you know I have a lot of if my computer were ever to get like stolen or something, I have to like report it immediately so they can pretty much what I like to think of remote detonating it, you know, <laughs> yeah. dropping um, an incendiary grenade on it <laughs> because there's confidential stuff and and it's even more severe in my case because it has to do with like murders and acquisitions and stuff that if it got leaked, then you know that that affects like stock markets and shit like that. Yeah, exactly. So the we have side of it, yeah. exactly. So which it does uh, for in this case too, but not as severely. But so I know that yeah, like we have some really strict policies about um, how exactly you use your computer and on what networks and and where you're at and that kind of stuff. I if something like this happened to me, I mean, I don't think I would get fired. Something would happen, some disciplinary action. But as long as you weren't overtly breaking, like intentionally breaking, like the company's written security policies you i don't think that they're going to be too harsh on and you hopefully but also the big thing here too is that the guy said and even in the photo you can't really tell what any of the rest of the document says there's a lot of text on it the only thing you can make out is the logo and like if the worst thing that comes out of a leak like this is the name of your game that's fine i don't think that's a big deal you know you're not like giving away key narrative elements or like uh a dlc that's going to be um exclusive to a platform or something where that can kind of turn on a dime and people can get in a fuss on a reddit or something you know i think the name of the game is probably the the best thing that could be leaked out of anything right um so i don't I mean, think it's crazy the the crazy like the weirder side to me is like someone actually took a picture from behind a guy on a on a subway you know what i mean like that's yeah. weird and now i know it's like oh like if you know what tomb raider is and you're about gaming and stuff you're like oh that's so cool like You'd be all about it. So I guess, you know, he just got caught up in it. But If I was that kid I and I saw the thing, I would have took the picture too. It's cool. Yeah. It's like you find out something that no one else knows. It This is a this is a public environment too. This is like on – he's on a subway. Right. I think it would be weird if like – it is public as well. But if this guy was sitting like on a park bench and you like walk up behind him, it's a lot more intimate because you're the only two there. On a subway, it's crowded. You should know people are going to be looking at your screen. You know, people – Right. I think – And you didn't sign the – you didn't sign the NDA. The guy with the computer did. So, yeah, you're not – obviously nothing you did wrong technically or legally. Yeah. Maybe morally. I don't know. Maybe. But whatever. Yeah. It, it is what it is. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, next up before we head into our topics, we actually have a batch of Xbox uh, news, uh, three different stories, all talking about something different. Uh, let's talk about uh, – we'll do the backwards compatible one first. We'll do that. So, basically, this – this was all over the internet. I just found one of the websites. It was almost everywhere at WWG.com. They're talking about new information that leaked about, or not leaked, but new information that was talked about for the Xbox uh, Project Scorpio. And um, basically the biggest thing is that uh, they, they basically came out and confirmed that three, uh, 360 backwards compatibility will, of course, be on Scorpio. So all of the games you already have currently available on your Xbox One through backwards compatibility will also be available to you day one on Project Scorpio, which I think is huge because that means that you don't have to necessarily worry about the launch lineup, you know? Um you already will have a substantial amount of games to be playable. Yeah, they're old games, but it's still good to know that you're not buying this console to get one of the launch games because you don't really like racing or you don't like fighting or something like that. You only like one of the launch titles, and you're not stuck there kind of questioning whether or not your your purchase was correct or not, right? And I have a huge feeling that they're going to eventually say, maybe at E3, that your Xbox One uh, library is going to be backwards compatible as two because that only makes sense. Why would they only do it with 360? Which is huge, man, because... If this goes more of the PC-ish route in terms of your game collection and everything just follows you, I think that's going to be huge, you know? Um, so, 
What, what's yeah, your this opinion? this wasn't a shock, right? I mean, yeah, it's not. It, it's, Scorpio is using the same operating system and everything. There would be no re- and it's more powerful. There would be absolutely no reason that it wouldn't also be back. I think it's not surprising, but it's good just to hear, right? It's like a well, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's certainly, but it, it would probably take more work. To go out of their way and remove backwards compatibility exactly. than it would to add it to the – I would think. I don't. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's not a huge story. Uh, we're just excited. That's awesome. Uh, makes day one purchases a lot more easy depending on whether or not Project Scorpio is prices right and all that other stuff. But it is uh, you know, a check mark. It's on an X. So that's great. Yeah. Um, yep. So the next story here comes by Stiviver. Uh, and uh, basically it's titled Xbox's Phil Spencer VR will come to Project Scorpio when it doesn't feel like demos and experiments. So this is interesting. So it basically says Phil Spencer, he's looking for the VR version of Connects Dance Central. I think that's a joke. I hope that's a joke. Uh, sitting down with Phil Spencer last month in Sydney, the head of Xbox discussed where virtual reality sits in his plan for both Xbox One and Windows PC gaming. I don't know. Just to be honest, Spencer began, I love the technology behind VR. I have an HTC Vive, an, o- an Oculus Rift, and I have PlayStation VR. I, uh, and they also, uh, I've used the PlayStation device a lot in demos and stuff. Jesus, I'm butchering that. Sorry about that. Uh, despite so wait, 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 wait. Let me stop you. So he, Phil Spencer just quoted, was just quoted saying that he owns a PSVR? No, no, no. He, I, I misread that. He owns yeah, he an HTC Vive, he owns an Oculus Rift, and he's he's used okay. PlayStation VR. Yeah, a now, lot. Now, he I'm says sh- a lot. I'm, I'm sure he has a PS4. I mean, if he's a gamer. but Yeah. <laughs> that's not something when you're Phil Spencer that you say publicly. Exactly. Uh, despite trying virtual reality in most of its current form, Spencer's not sold yet. I don't think the creators in the game space have found uh, have yet found, well, they haven't obviously perfected the craft of building VR games, he said. It's so early, I think we're a couple of years before we'll really see it hit mainstream. I've seen great video uses of VR, like taking you to places you've never been, to travel, just the bottom of the Grand Canyon, or they, uh, they simulate the surface of Mars, some really cool experiences users can see. I think VR will find its spot in gaming. I would make that bet, he continued. We designed Scorpio as a VR-capable console for a reason. Whether that happens this year, next year, or year after, like I said, I still think the creative community has uh, has to get its arms around what these new tools are and get its feeling, this new immersion. What experiences do you put in people's hands to have a long-term engagement? Most of these things I'm playing now feel like demos and experiences, which I actually think is absolutely the right thing to have happened. That's not a criticism at all, but I... Uh, but should be happening. But I think it will take time. Um, so he's basically saying he's not, he doesn't know when it'll come to Project Scorpio, but they're basically hinting at it will be there one day. He just doesn't know when. And I think this has to do a lot with, you know, they announced the Microsoft VR headset uh, last week. And I don't think they're really sure how it's going to pan out as far as trying to attach this to the Scorpio. And we talked about this before the show. I think you made a great point of saying, like, I think they're just filling it out to see how PSVR does. And they'll recognize whether or not this is something they want to have at launch with Scorpio or not, you know, um, whether it's at that point where virtual reality deserves to be bundled in or people even care that if it's bundled in. So, yeah, what do you what do you think about him? I know you're a big VR guy, Dom. What do you think about him saying this stuff about Project Scorpio and VR? Well, I mean, because that's VR is a hot topic right now. So, I mean, and that's the question. And they, they alluded to that at E3, but with Scorpio and they mentioned like vive supports but it was real foggy and unclear so yeah he's just gotta very very smartly uh say something about this i think that was good um he's very phil spencer is really good at like sounding believable and not pr-ish yeah but still giving you information he sounds like a relatable guy he sounds yeah yeah he's but he still is speaking on behalf of xbox and that's behind him and he doesn't say anything to do harm to them at the same you know what i mean he just comes across very 
like in every aspect really well i guess well i think like i think shu does that really well for sony but shu's not at every event talking all the time i think yeah you don't hear as much from him exactly phil's like the head of xbox you know he's the best thing to happen to xbox i would this is you know hindsight's 2020 but imagine how crazy things have been if he was on that team leading up to the xbox one release and how different he would have handled it It, it's just so interesting to think about alternate history you know Big or little, uh, I just think it's crazy. And I do agree with you that he has a way of making things sound as if he's he's in, like he's a gamer and he knows what's going on. He's not trying to PR bullshit you, you know? And a lot of it is PR talk. He's ahead of Xbox, but I do think he has a way with the words that makes him sound very relatable and, you know, he yeah. cares about, you know, the interests of gamers because he is one. So um, I think that's really interesting. Like there's some people that are so up their own butts that, they wouldn't even want to try PlayStation VR because that's, you know, the other company. And I think it's really cool that he even – I've played a lot of PSVR demos and experiences. Like, he's not shy about saying that stuff, you know, because he knows that gives him more credit yeah. to people because he's like, well, I've I mean, tried it. So. They, I mean, they probably have something, you know, that they're working on and that's in development right now. And so they definitely have all the competitors' products, you know, that they're testing and exactly. seeing what they can do better and all that. So I'm sure they have them at work. Exactly. Like a, a, one of the other headsets that he's used at least. Um, and at I, events and everything. Yeah, I guarantee. Like with the Microsoft VR headset, they were looking at like, well, what are the what are the positives of Oculus and Vive and PSVR? What do people like? And they're like, well, we should do a little bit of this, a little bit of column B, a little bit of column C, and try to figure out what our own unique take is on it. So I'm really interested, uh, and I'm glad that he's not all in on VR. Uh, that's what I like to hear because I'm not really all in on VR too. But I like that he's not discounting it completely. Right. Uh, the last story here isn't really a story; it's a video. Um, IGN basically talked about this and a couple other places. Uh, it's a YouTube video titled, Don't Expect a New Xbox Every Two Years, says Phil Spencer. And um, this is me kind of truncating everything. This isn't direct quotes. Um, I'll have probably the actual article. I'll find an article for it in the description below. But he basically comes out and he stated that that's not part of the console business model. It doesn't really actually help us. He basically went on and talked about how um, a console every two years isn't what he thinks the console market is. It's not what they're trying to chase. And they're, he was basically saying that after Project Scorpio, don't expect a new Xbox in two years. Um, I, I'm assuming there will probably be a slim model. But he basically just came out and said that he, that's not his approach to it. He doesn't think uh, – he, he, he doesn't feel as if Xbox is going to be doing that because he doesn't feel that's um, the right way to do things. He thinks that you get the best game experiences from these, um, these longer console cycles. Maybe not so long, um, but I do think – He's right in the sense of I, I don't think two years is – I think two years is too close. Phones are different than consoles. I really hate the whole phone argument. Um, but I could see four years, not seven years, you know. So I could see maybe it's not two years. Maybe it's four years. Uh, what, what's your take on this, Dom? Him saying that he doesn't believe – you know, don't expect an Xbox two, every two years because he doesn't believe that's the actual console business model. I mean I think people – if people are actually thought that that was the case, then they misread everything I guess or weren't listening because – even PS4 Pro is already three years after PS4, and yeah. Scorpio will be four years after Xbox One. So yeah, why what, why were we assuming that it would be every two years? I guess I mean, so to me, it's like he's like stating the obvious. Um, and but the, if people needed to hear that, then they needed to hear it. The other huge thing I said in this thing, and we talked about how well Phil Spencer talks, is he said, you know who are the best uh, gamers to us? The ones who buy the console and then buy a ton of games. And I like that. He's not saying like... You know, we don't want you to spend money. He's like, if you buy our console, then you just buy a ton of games. That's better than us releasing a console every two years, you know? At least he's being right, honest with right. that. He's like, the best 
the best consumers we have are the ones that buy a console and then buy a ton of games. So, um, once again, I think this is like, once again, this is something obvious, but it's good to hear him say it, right? Just like with the other announcement of the, the backwards compatibility, it's like, these are kind of givens, but it's good to hear confirmation because until it's actually said, we don't know, right? Um, it's all but true, but you never know. So yeah, yeah Phil, Phil was mouthy this week. <laughs> In a good, well, some of these stories are from like a week ago and they fa- barely wrote about it, about their interviews from Australia. Oh, okay. So it's weird that this okay. kind of stuff's kind of coming to the surface now. Um, I think it's just that some of this other news came out and they're like, well, we have this other stuff we can push to get other headlines, right? So a huge, huge bit of news there for Project Scorpio. You got the backwards compat, possibly not having VR and don't expect to buy a new Xbox every two years. So huge news there at Xbox. Let's hop into the topics. So you want to talk about pre-orders, Dom. That seems to be just the word around town right now is pre-orders. Like, don't pre-order games or yada. Everyone seems to just be talking about that. And especially in the wake of Bethesda's, uh, you know, review policy announcement. It's like, well, this does this change if you pre-order their game? There's just a lot of talk about that going on, I feel. So I wanted to bring it up uh, here. I mean, what better forum do I have? <laughs> yeah, right. So <clears throat> it's an interesting thing because, like... At its core, there's no reason to pre-order a game right now. If you know what I mean, like they're all of it. It used to be, and maybe it didn't even used to be, but the the original idea was like you would pre-order to make sure you got a copy at release, and otherwise you would never get one, right? Yeah. Or you'd have to wait months uh, after till the next shipment and that kind of thing. And I don't know that that even happens any anymore with actual games, especially with how many people buy them digitally. Exactly. So. There used to be the benefit of it, but now because that doesn't really exist, they've started throwing in other benefits. So, for example, uh, Amazon will give you X percent off. Now, maybe that's Amazon fronting that that discount, and maybe it's the publishers. Who knows? But <clears throat> then, obviously, they also started throwing in you know early access, play the campaign first, like Call of Duty, or here's a couple of bonus skin DLCs or map or gun packs or what you know countless other things and then it's even gone as far as uh south park dishonored and i believe there's one other game that released the first game in the series for free if you pre-order yep so they've started using like all these different benefits that to me are way better than just guaranteeing your copy uh on day one which isn't really an issue anymore and in fact it's the opposite because now you can download and install everything uh, before day one even hits which is fantastic Oh yeah. Um, so, given all those uh, benefits, there's always, always going to be a risk when you pre-order a game that it sucks, that it's broken, right? Because exactly. you don't know, because no one's played it extensively or in its final state. So there's always a, at least a sliver of risk that you, you're going to get burned when you pre-order a game. Um, and so you have to. For me, I, I seldom pre-order games. But I don't really have an issue with it, and I wouldn't ever be one to, you know, use a soapbox and tell people don't pre-order games. I don't. I mean, I, I don't. I don't see an issue with it. If you get burned, then that was your fault that you pre. I don't. You know, I don't feel bad for you, but go and do what you want. It's on the consumer. But, it's not on the publisher dev. Exactly. All they're doing is giving you an option to buy it early before you get it. I don't. <laughs> One of the things is people are like, oh, they're so evil. They just want your money. They're business. Yes, they want right. your money. It doesn't mean they're evil. The whole reason it, games exist is because they want to make money. It, 
it wouldn't be happening if people didn't pre-order games. Like, if no one pre-ordered any more games, then they would stop being a thing. They'd stop giving out bonuses. Like, exactly. We're the ones that drive everything they do, ultimately. So that's just something to keep in the back of your mind. Um, but, like I said, there's always the sliver of sliver, at least a sliver of a chance that that game is going to suck and you're going to get burned when you pre-order it. That being said, because I seldom pre-order games and I only do from reputable developers who have from whom I've loved every other game they put out. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> then like that risk is smaller. It's still there. I mean, Fallout 4 could have and in fact, I'm sure a lot of people would say that it wasn't uh, I don't know if you I don't know if you could justifiably feel burned if you pre-ordered Fallout 4 with what you got, but a lot of people weren't happy, I guess. Um, but that was when I was pre-ordering that no matter what. Like I was going to play it. Um, I w- it wasn't contingent on reviews. I love like game reviews are awesome, but I'm not. I don't base my purchases on them. Yeah. Um, unless a game is like literally broken, like to where it doesn't work, then that's a good thing. You know, like Arkham Knight on PC, are... where they got refunds. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so for me, uh, sometimes depending on the game, the benefits outweigh the risk. Um, but I wouldn't pre-order a game. And from a developer I've like never heard of, or if their last game was kind of, kind of crappy, like uh, Mafia Three, um, Mafia Two was the same. It had the same jankiness, from what I've heard. So yeah. it's like I, I pre-order that game, and like you know, there's a good chance that you're gonna get something that isn't fully polished. Whereas some other, like a Naughty Dog game, you don't really have to worry about it not being well, polished. And, yeah, and the thing too is, guess what? It doesn't mean you don't have to ever buy that game. Just don't pre-order it. Just wait. wait yeah, wait. yeah. Find out what's wrong with it. And like, so I'll give you my my uh, pre-order spiel. So I come from a small town of like 13,000 people. Really tiny. Um, we got games into our local Walmart, obviously. And we also had a local game store. I would never pre-order games until this game store came around. And the only reason I pre-ordered it is because I was going to buy it anyways and I just wanted to support my local shop, right? Yeah. So I would always pre-order games. It went under new management. Uh, other people took it over. I pre-ordered Madden, okay? Madden's one of the biggest franchises every year in the United States. It's always on the top ten list of sellers, right? Yep, yep. I show up the day of release, going to pick up my copy of Madden. They sit there and tell me, hey, we're not getting the shipment until Friday, I'm like, what are you talking about? I pre-ordered the game. I expected to have a copy. And they're like, yeah, just something happened. And I was like, well, can I get my 60 bucks back so I can, you know, I'm going to go buy it somewhere else. And they're like, well, we have a return. We have a policy where you can't get a refund. And I just, you know, I was like, that's, that's <laughs> ludicrous. I want my money back now. I'm going to go buy Madden and I'm never buying another game from you guys. And it wasn't just that. It was, you know, a lot of other circumstances that led to this decision. They, they rarely even had games in stock. They just didn't treat their customers very well. And this was kind of like the last straw. And so that was the last time I ever pre-ordered a game. I'm going to midnight releases and stuff, which I do think is pre-ordering to some extent because you're buying it like at midnight. You're still getting in before any reviews or any big kind of, you know, ideas of how the game's going to play and stuff are. But I, I agree with you that like I don't uh, I don't pre-order games for bonuses. I never have. I don't think I ever will. I don't really care about that stuff. Half the time it's just cosmetic items or things that don't really matter, right? What, the reason I pre-ordered a game, especially now, is so I can have it downloaded before it comes out. Yeah, that's, that's a whole a huge, reason. Yeah. That's a whole reason, and I only do that with games I know, um, or or developers I know. So like Fallout Four, pre-ordered it, completely fine with it. I liked the game a lot. It wasn't exactly yeah. the greatest game ever, but do I think I got jaded? No. Do you think I got like it was definitely worth sixty dollars? Um, but like Prey, for instance, Prey is a reboot. It's the first game in the series. 
I don't know necessarily know I'll pre-order it, but I probably will buy it the day before to have that download just so I can play it. And that's because I trust those developers. And you know, if you're if you're in the know enough to be able to know how, that you're pre-ordering a game and getting bonuses, you should also be in the know enough to know that it can turn out bad for you and that you can just wait a day or two. And the thing is, is people have to remember is that with this new Bethesda policy, it's a day before. And yes, you maybe won't get your review on time, but there will be streamers playing it. And for me, the biggest indication of whether a game's good or bad is I like to read reviews, but those aren't, I don't make my purchasing decisions based on reviews. I just like to hear other people's opinions. I like to see gameplay. You know, I like to see how the game actually handles, and that's what you get from Twitch streamers and stuff. So, um, also, the, the other thing, uh, Rooster Teeth actually did a poll, and this is a small grouping of gamers, but they did a poll and they asked, when you see a review, uh, did it change your mind before, like, if you read a review before the game came out, did it change your mind on whether or not you were going to buy the game? Yeah. And then they also asked, uh, if you, did you, if you read a review after it released, did that change your mind on buying a game? And the overwhelming majority of people said that before a game came out, if they read a review, it didn't change whether or not they were going to purchase that game. But a lot of people said that after that game was out for maybe a week or two weeks or three weeks or a month, that if they read a review, they would actually buy it. It would change their mind. So if Bethesda was looking at this, this is a small group by Rooster Teeth, but you figure Bethesda's done their own surveys and stuff like that, right? And their own studies and statistics. If they see this too, and they realize that reviews don't change people's opinions at release... Why would you have people have a review out a week early just to say something negative, you know? And yeah. whether or not the game is bad or not, there's always contrarians on the internet. That's just how it is. And you have to look at it from a business perspective of, like, yeah, there's so many sites reviewing it, and maybe your game is good, and maybe, you know, 99 people give it a good review. But say one person only looks to this one guy who's the one guy who gave it a negative review, and that changes their mind. Like, but I guess it doesn't. So I do think that this Bethesda policy change... The only people that are freaking out about it are the websites because they know it hurts their pockets. That's the only reason they're freaking out, you know? And uh, going back to actually the whole discussion of pre-orders, I think it's completely on the consumer. If you pre-order a game and it sucks, that's entirely your fault. I don't feel bad yeah. for you one bit. Guess what? If you, so say for instance, I wouldn't put Fallout 4 on that list because I don't think Fallout 4 is a bad game. I don't really see it. It might have been a bad example. Yeah, yeah. I love that game so too. So let's say No Man's Sky, the easy punching bank. Um... So, say somebody pre-ordered No Man's Sky, and they were jaded by it, uh, and they bought it, and they're like, oh, that sucks. Guess what? When Hello Games comes out with another game, don't, don't buy, buy it. it. Yeah. Don't right. Maybe not don't no. buy it, but don't pre-order it, you know? Now, in this particular scenario, though, with this example, Fallout 4 was a flawed example, but this one is a little bit too because um, they literally lied and false advertised about what was going to be in No Man's Sky, so, yeah. which I don't, I've never heard of that happening before this, really. Um, yeah. So, that was a, that was a weird thing with that one okay, in particular, we can say, to we can where say, that one is their fault. Exactly. We can say Mafia 3. That's another, that's an easier one. Because it just didn't run well, right, at release. People like the narrative and everything. Mm -hmm. It just, it's very repetitive gameplay, a lot of glitches, a lot of bugs. Say you pre-ordered Mafia 3, comes out, you don't like it, you see all the reviews, you see it wasn't a good game, you feel jaded. When Mafia 4 comes out, or maybe even, heck, if you don't like, if you think it was the publisher's fault, next 2K game that comes out, don't pre-order it. You know, you got to yeah. show them, like, people don't understand you have to vote with your wallet. You can't say, say, say for instance, I pre-order Madden 17, the game comes out, I hate it, it's garbage. If I go and buy Madden 18 the next year and I pre-order it, it's it's not give, sending a message, you know? Right. You can't get mad. But that's, that's still fine, though. If yep. you want to do that, don't go and bitch about it. Exactly. To people. <laughs> but exactly. there's, there's certain things where, like, even if it sucks, like, that Walking Dead, great example. 
even if it like is manipulative and I'm not even liking it, I'm going to keep watching it because I'm just into it. I just am. And like, if you can like tell yourself that and accept it, that you're going to keep on eating the crap, then that's fine if you want to eat the crap. Like, who am I to judge, I guess? Exactly. It's on you. Just don't try to – just don't try to make your experiences, you know, end up in a result for everyone else. Like, just because you did something wrong and you feel jaded doesn't mean everyone else needs to go down with you, you know? Just learn. And it's, the, like you mentioned, the, there's still – there's so much out there about every game before it comes out that even without the actual review, it's like you can – you can tell. Like, I bet you and I could right now guess, like, the Metacritic score of every game that's going to come out in the next two years, and we would be within three points on 95% of our guesses. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree like we, with you. It, you. It's just known. Like, like Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, I bet that gets between a 7.5 and an 8.5 or not. You know what I mean? Like, everything exactly. is going to be in that range. There's I, the, the only times, though, where you might get something that's stupid low on the scale that's broken is like from someone you've never heard of. Like Naughty Dog's not going to put out a game that scores a three. It's exactly. just not going to fucking it happen. happen. Like, yeah. Right. I so there's, there's a degree of confidence I have w- with these things that I don't need to, I don't need to wait. And if I want to buy into the, the hype and get the satisfaction of pre-ordering something, even though logically a lot of the time it doesn't make any sense to do so, but it's being a part of the zeitgeist and, and getting into that. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. Exactly. Um, it's it's the same thing with Kickstarters. They're essentially pre-ordering too, and that's a whole other discussion for another day. But like Kickstarters are pre-ordering, yeah. they're putting money up front. That's even heavier. That should be a topic. We'll save that for yeah. We'll save that for another topic. Uh, yeah. Going along with pre-ordering, this is another kind of pre-order. Early access gaming. This is what I want to talk about. So early access gaming is booming on PC. It's come to the console realm. I don't know if. PS4 has a version of it, but Xbox does. Does PS4 have, like, an early access thing? I don't think so. I mean, you just, you play betas or whatever, but I don't yeah. think there's, a, like, a legitimate early access. Yeah, so Xbox has early access now. Um, and uh, I actually have early access to We Happy Few because we were fortunate enough to get a review code. I haven't touched it because I don't want to play that game and see it while it's getting better and better. And then when the actual game comes out, I'm already over it. That's my biggest problem with early access games. Some people feel that if... You know, you shouldn't buy a game before it's a full game because you're basically telling the developer you don't care about even playing the full product, right? That's its own argument. The thing I have a problem with is, like, early access games, they expect to keep people's attention for so long. And you're going to play an early access game and you're going to enjoy it, but guess what? By the time the actual full game comes out, you're going to be over it, you know? And I I don't necessarily believe in early access gaming as something that's good for the industry. Do I think it's bad or harmful or poison? No. I just don't think it's a trend that should be followed as heavily. Um, I think that it's basically a cop-out to doing uh, QA testing and beta testing and alpha testing. Is like, hey, instead of having these people we're going to pay test our game, let's have people pay us to test our game. You know, I don't like that. Um, there are some some examples where this kind of stuff is like, uh, for like a MOBA or like a multiplayer based game, early access kind of makes sense because if you want it to be an esport or something that's taken seriously, you need the balancing right. You need to check the meta and that kind of stuff. And early access kind of makes sense because you need people playing it to kind of have it develop along the way, right? But if it's like a single player experience, like a narrative driven experience, I think that's kind of kind of lame that it's early access because you play through the story. What else is gonna change, really? You know, I don't know. I just I have a lot of pessimistic opinions on early access. What about you? 
No, I'm with you. I don't, I don't, I don't have super strong opinions on it, but you're right. It really depends on the kind of game. So we happy few. I mean, I don't know, but to me, that feels like it's going to be a more narrative-driven game that's not incredibly long. Yeah. So, so you're right. You could play too much of it. I don't know how long the early access goes for that or how much you can actually play. Maybe it's only 5% of the game. But but yeah, with a game like that, yeah, I wouldn't want to touch it. I just want to wait for the whole thing. Exactly. Um, if it was something like uh, a crackdown or just cause or something with a big open world where you're just running around screwing off, I, I could see that. Like, oh, here's it, it becomes like a demo almost. Um, but then there's a the whole argument of should you have to pay for demos? Like, you know. That's a good point, yeah. Because early access you do have to pay for. Um I don't know. I've never actually done early access. I've only even played like two betas, I think, in my life. Yeah. I don't even bother with betas. Um, I played the Destiny beta a lot. And I kind of wish I hadn't because I lost all that progress when I actually bought the game. Um, and it, I don't know. It just felt – I kind of felt a little less satisfied when I got the actual game. You lose that day one luster, like that new yeah. smell, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I don't even – and actually – three betas i played because i played battlefield one's beta that one a little bit different because i'm probably not going to buy that game yeah so i had no problem playing the beta for it was almost a complete day um so that that's a little different but yeah i don't i don't have super strong opinions on whether early access in general is super bad for gamers or you know i i think the 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 bad thing about early access gaming whether or not you want to pay for a game once again it's up to the consumer right if you get jaded if you feel like you're you're you know being being uh, taken for a ride, that's kind of your fault for paying for those games in the first place. The issue with early access gaming too is that it is having demos be like removed forever, kind of. You know, we see far and far fewer demos as the days go on, as the years go on. And with early access gaming, now it's even more going to be more prevalent because people are like, why would we release a free demo to everybody when we can just have people pay to play our game early? You know. Um, Pokemon, so, Pokemon Sun and Moon released a demo recently, and it was nice. It was a small slice of the game, very small, maybe 25 minutes, 20 minutes at max. Uh, 25 minutes at max, 20 minutes usually regular playtime. And it was enough of the game for me to be like, cool, I'm excited. And I kind of even feel bad for playing the game because I'm like, this is a section of the game. When I go back, I'm so OCD and stuff. When I go back and play, i like, oh, yeah, this is a section of the demo, and it'll be stuck in my head, you know? So it kind of sucks, but. So where do you sit on, and this is slightly different than Early Access, um, maybe not functionally, but <clears throat> on uh, pre-order the deluxe edition, and you can play a week early because that's been going around a yeah, lot too. Yeah, hundred dollars, you got to play Gears Four early. You got to play Battlefield yeah. early and Forza, right. I think. So uh, for and it's tough too because for single player stuff, I mean, sure, go ahead. What if you want to pay more? I guess play it a week early if that's done and it's not going to affect anything else. Sure, I can see where people have an issue with multiplayer stuff where. That's kind of crossing the line into pay to win because people are getting a weak head start leveling yeah. up in multiplayer because they had more money. I'm not gonna, you know, twist my nuts up over it. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> but I'm not into multiplayer gaming very much anyway, well, so I think I can see why people would be upset with that. I don't. I, I it's been a while since I played Gears Gears multiplayer, so I don't know exactly how the systems work. But a game where it wouldn't be a problem at all is Overwatch. So every time you level up in Overwatch, you get a loot box. And anything you get in a loot box is all vanity items, right? Leveling up offers you nothing but vanity items for the characters. So if somebody has four days early access, they just have more skins than you. There's literally that nothing, no other advantage they have, right? Yeah. I think, and also the ranked mode wasn't at launch. I think that's another thing is if you have a more casual 
thing and then you have the ranked playlist maybe don't make the ranked playlist available to those early people make the casual playlist available to people you know and that, that therefore people can play the multiplayer and get good and they'll still have an advantage and that's fine but they won't have like an item advantage they just have a competitive skill advantage and guess what in multiplayer games it's kind of no matter if you get the game four days before me you still have to play enough to get good at the game so not having the ranked playlist open, that still opens it up to people getting better at the game and people not feeling as if they're left behind. They're just getting bodied by people who are better than them, right? Um, so yeah, I think it, it matters with the game itself. Uh, I think it's interesting that they're doing this. I don't feel... People are like, well, what if people can't afford the game? This goes back to, like, then wait four days and just buy it for $60. Like, yeah. no one's forcing you to buy it on that day. You're putting these in your own head. And you like, can't... There's a. There's a lot of things I can't afford. So, <laughs> Exactly. I'm not going to say, hey, you can't buy a 4K TV yet because I can't afford one. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much in early access gaming. Pre-orders early access gaming kind of go hand in hand um, in, uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, the last topic here, let's talk about N7 predictions. So the day after this podcast posts on Sunday, uh, we're going to N7 day. Hopefully we're going to have a big blowout event. We're going to be talking about what they're going to be showing off for Mass Effect Andromeda. At the end of this topic, I actually want to get a prediction from each of us. Excuse me, nothing crazy. We definitely will have predictions for PSX as well, if you guys are wondering. Um, but yeah, just a simple prediction. But I just want to talk about, like, what do we expect to see? So for me, I don't think it's going to be a huge blow. At least I hope it's not. Um, I want gameplay. Like, actual gameplay, not walking around in a weird dungeon. I think that really felt to me as if they wanted to have this event to show off stuff, but they kind of signed up with Sony to be like, show something at this event. And they're like, here, <laughs> we'll yeah. give you this. That was um, super tech demo-y. Yeah, exactly. This is not... It's not like, here's our game. They're just like, what's the least amount we can give them, but the most we can give them without getting mad kind of thing, yeah. right? Um, so I think we're going to have a bunch of gameplay. I think we're going to have a character introduction. Um, I think at the end of it, there's going to be some weird tie into the first trilogy. They're going to hint at it some way. It's going to be like, oh, like a voice line or something, and then you're going to laugh or like... <gasps> People are just going to be excited. I think there's going to be some weird attachment to the first trilogy some way, right? Um, so fans of the series get excited for it, and they're like, oh, that's for me, you know? Um, do you think we'll see multiplayer? Actually, before we get into that, what do you expect to see as far as single player? Um, probably right along the lines with what you expected. That's certainly gameplay. Yeah. Um, I think there's probably going to be more of it. I think this is going to be a... A Fallout 4-esque reveal. I think this yeah. is where they blow it. Um, they even... Well, I'll get into the predictions later, but I think they're going to show a lot. Um, because, yeah, they held back at that PlayStation event. They definitely were held back at E3, it felt. And I'm mostly thinking this because of the release date that was rumored that it was coming out in March. Because everything up until now, up until that rumor, had me thinking this game was maybe coming out late ne next year at the earliest. Yeah. But if, it, if it's actually going to come out next March, then, yeah, they need to blow the doors off it pretty soon here. Yeah, and I think it's a, the hype the hype machine, right? It's close enough that yeah. if they just build it up right enough, it'll lead into that. Um, so as far as I want to ask you the first question, multiplayer, do you think they will talk about multiplayer at this event? Because multiplayer was a big part of Mass Effect 3. I actually liked the multiplayer quite a bit. I thought it was fun. Um, any any other chances I have to play in that universe? Do you think that'll be? Do you think that'll be a key to their presentation, or do you think it'll be like multiplayer as well? Check out the trailer on our website. Yada yada yada. You know. Here's the answer to that question. I didn't even. I played Mass Effect two and three, and I never even knew until you just said it that three had multiplayer. I didn't really didn't even know. It was like horde mode, kind of. It was really fun. 
It was really cool. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, have they confirmed that four, four Andromeda and Andromeda was going to have multiplayer? Have they no, said they that? haven't. They haven't said that at all. But people okay. really enjoy it's the probably. multiplayer. Yeah. Um. Interesting though. Psionics. I don't the guy, think uh, the guy who made the guys who made Rocket League did the multiplayer for Mass Effect Three. Really? Yeah. Psionics. Uh, they were the guys who made that multiplayer for Mass Effect Three. Learning a lot today. So. One of my bold predictions, this is an actual prediction, imagine if they had a Rocket League-esque mode in Mass Effect Andromeda, but with Makos. <laughs> That'd be cool. It's not going to happen, I'm just making you know jokes. Um, no, I mean, I don't know, because look at uh, Uncharted, right? Their yeah. multiplayer, the game is one thing, and their multiplayer is just a goofy, fun making jokes about the single player, right? Like, yeah. you're running around using mystical powers and you're being fat drake and all this goofy stuff so i could, i mean i can't think of any other examples so, of, of a stark difference in tone between those two but it's possible that yeah we have some rocket league action and andromeda i have a question for you bioware is really good at tying their their franchises together with mass effect 3 if you play dragon age 2 you got a specific set of armor in mass effect 3 and vice versa i think and maybe in Mass Effect 2 it was that you got Dragon Age armor? That sounds familiar, yeah. yeah. So do you think they'll have a thing where if you played Inquisition, you'll get a cool set of armor? Because Inquisition maybe. was an Xbox One game, wasn't it? Am I right about that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. It, it was, uh, it was well, on everything. It was, yeah, I think yeah. it was even on 360 and PS3. So do you think it could see it could see that in your system and be like, oh, you played Inquisition, here's a set of armor, you know? Maybe. That'd be interesting. I, that's just, I mean, if it is, that'll be a, another side note, I guess. Not... You know what would be cool? So they also did a tie-in with Dead Space, I believe. That's EA. Imagine if they did a tie-in with Battlefront where you got something Star Wars related in Mass Effect Andromeda. Like, you got to wear, like, probably not a, a Jedi robe, but, like, a Stormtrooper suit. That'd be pretty cool. They're really good at their tie-ins. That'd be really cool. Some interesting ideas you're putting out right now. Yeah, I think there would definitely be some kind of pre-order bonus of like pre-order and you get this special set of armor or something, right? It's gonna happen. Um, the interesting thing to me too is so since Psionics worked so close with EA on uh, the Mass Effect Three multiplayer, I don't know if their their relationship's still there. So Rocket League's really good at their DLC. Like they even had the uh, Back to the Future DeLorean, right? That'd be really cool if when Andromeda released, they had a piece of DLC you could buy that was a skin, that was a Mako skin for a car or a Mako model, you know? I think that'd be really cool too. So maybe not Rocket League being in Mass Effect Andromeda some way, but, you know, Mass Effect Andromeda somehow, or Mass Effect somehow being in Rocket League. I think it'd be cool if there was like a Mako model car, right? I think that'd be super cool. Um, as far as, let's go with our, let's get to our predictions. I want, I want a, a prediction that's more than likely possible, and I want something that's, not crazy outlandish, but something that's like, yeah, that probably won't happen, but maybe. So do you, do you got anything off the cuff? Release date. Yeah, that's your certain, right? You're, we're going to get that's, a release date. I think, Not a window, yeah. an actual day. March 24th or... 21st, I believe. March, yeah. That was the book. The art book. Whatever yeah. a Tuesday is. Um, yeah, I think they're going to say it, and I think they're going to show a lot. But yeah, that's my main prediction is, is that uh, that release date. As far as a kind of a more off-the-wall prediction. I mean, I don't think it's going to be much else. I mean, this is N7 day. They're just going to blow the doors off with Mass Effect stuff. And I don't. I think it's going to be everything we expect, just like we got... I take that back. Because when Fallout 4 was revealed, 
the bold prediction at that point would have been they also released a mobile game. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> will Bioware do anything like that? I don't think so. I think they're going to just play it safe, you know, eye formation run up the middle. Okay, so what was your I just what was your outlandish prediction? I don't <laughs> Come up with something. You got to, something. You could say maybe there will be a character that we know exists, or you know, just something that is is po- probably not going to happen, but there's a possibility of it. Just something, you know. Will we see familiar characters? Will there be you know familiar aspects? Is there something you don't expect to see? Like, here's a good one, and it could actually go fifty fifty. But I'm thinking there won't be any connection, any like you know mains obviously they're going to hint at stuff that happened in the previous games but i'm going to say that there will not be any connections to the mainline story about from you know from what happened to the other game so you're not going to bring in your save basically from any of the previous games i don't even know if that's possible across generations but i'm saying there's going to be none of that like nothing it's just, just like a fresh new like thing easter eggs you're not going to you're not going to talk to somebody and be like hey uh shepherd this shepherd that it's going to be like oh that thing is a callback to the trilogy right there's nothing like in your face about it okay that's interesting so for me i think the the more than certain thing or the thing that's going to happen is there's going to be some type of there's going to i think xbox is going to get the branding on this because ea works way closer with xbox than they do with playstation also ea access is part of xbox so this is going to be available earlier on Xbox. I think they're I think they're going to get the DLC first on Xbox. They're going to say something about okay. that, right? Yeah. Content available first on Xbox. I think that's going to be the yeah. for sure thing. My, eh, this might not happen thing. Um, it, it would be cool if it did. I'm, I'm not sure if it did. Um, I'm trying to think of. So here's my, here's my prediction. I think this won't be included in the actual game, but I think to build up the hype at the beginning of this, since they showed that teaser trailer of them finding the mass relay and building the space station, I think there's going to be a cinematic about the First Contact Wars. Y- are you familiar with the First Contact Wars? No. So it's when we it's when we first went through the relay, we ended up uh, basically meeting up with uh, Garrus's race. I forgot what they're called. Man, I feel bad. I'm mass and I can't remember. Solarians? No. But you know Garrus, nope. right? The guy in blue, the sniper. Yeah. So his race, That's, Turians. Man. They're Turians. We got Turian. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, yeah, Turians. So when the humans, and I'm, I'm, you know, this is, I'm probably saying this the worst possible way. So please don't correct me. I'm just off of memory. We basically ran into the Turians. They were our first contact, and it's called the first contact wars because this is the first time we had a face-to-face confrontation with an alien, right? And we basically had a war with the Turians. And we fought them. So I think there's going to be some kind of cinematic there of, like, it's going to go through the, the period of, like, so this was Earth. This was us building a space station on the relay. This was the first contact wars. Uh, then it, it skips forward to the events of Shepard and all this stuff. And then it's going to be, like, forget everything you knew and, like, wipe away. And then it's going to come in with the Andromeda thing, you know? So I think it's going to my, – my bold prediction is that we will have a from Earth to Andromeda kind of cinematic Okay. okay, that makes sense. Okay. Hopefully, I got that across. And specifically, the first contact wars. I would like to see anything with that. Hopefully, um, yeah. So I think that's pretty much it for for our N seven predictions. This won't get cut away into a separate topic because you guys know how we separate them on the week uh, during the week. This will be irrelevant by Thursday, so it's only going to be in the full episode. So if you're listening to this, uh, I guess thanks because you won't be seeing this on YouTube. 
uh, in, in cutouts. Uh, so let's get into what we're going to be playing next week. I still haven't caught up on Atlanta. Jordan would be very mad at me. I need to catch up on Atlanta. Westworld, another episode is coming out. Um, I'm trying to think. There's something else I was going to talk about watching. Oh, have you heard about Moonlight? Are you familiar with the movie Moonlight? No. So Moonlight is a movie about an African-American guy, and it's three different actors playing him at three different points in his life. One when he's a young boy, one when he's a teenager, and one when he's an older guy. And apparently, it's getting like rave reviews. It's an indie movie. It, it's shot beautifully. Like, the movie just looks incredible. Um, it gives me, like, the same uh, feelings as Room. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Room with Brie Larson. Yeah. Oh, Not man, that, that it, movie was good. That movie was tragic, but it was so good, right? Yeah. This movie has, if you can, after we finish recording, look up the trailer for Moonlight. It looks like a fantastic film. It's in limited theaters, but you'll probably be able to see it on VOD. Um, and also, I want to see Doctor Strange. I'm going to be seeing it on next Monday before my friend gets shipped out to New York. He's in the Army. Uh, Fort Drum, I believe, is going to. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to be seeing Doctor Strange and Moonlight. Uh, as far as games, I'm going to be playing more Bejeweled, probably. Uh, I, I'm getting to Virginia. I have that scheduled. Um, Saturday morning RPG. Oh, yeah. And I don't. I can't think of anything else on the docket. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, I'm at 93,000... Uh, uh, 93,000 achievement score. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to get to 100K. That'd be very impressive. So I'm trying to get there. I'm edging my way there, slowly but surely. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. What about you? What are you going to be playing? I'm going to keep playing Oracle of Ages on 3DS. Um, probably move to Seasons when I finish that because I'm almost done. And that'll probably be it. But today is Thursday, November the 3rd. Seven days from now, on Thursday, November the 10th, Two things are going to arrive on my doorstep. Would you like to guess what those two things are? Uh, VR and the Pro. Close. Yeah, uh, not VR, but okay. the Pro and okay. Dishonored 2. So, Ooh, probably, package. That's awesome. Yeah. So when we record next Thursday, I'm probably going to be sitting in my basement while the box is just upstairs waiting to be plugged in. So I won't have any thoughts <laughs> on anything probably for next episode. But the following episode, just going to be... Taking the gown off, just <laughs> revealing all with the pro. Which actually, I've seen a couple people apparently already have them, which infuriates me. But it's because they have friends that work probably at Walmart or Target or something. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Those things are pretty early. like we got them pretty early when I worked at Best Buy, um, and you couldn't take them home yeah. early. But some people found a way to take them home early. Uh, they paid for it and everything. They didn't steal it or anything, but they found loopholes in the system essentially. Um, yeah, so I don't think we're going to be doing too much. Obviously, also, uh, you're probably going to be watching more Black Mirror and then the next episode of Walking Dead as well. Um, yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening uh, to episode 35 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast or watching it, depending on how you intake, uh, intake it. We're at 52 super uh, subscribers now, so thank you for that. We finally hit 50. Soon we'll be at 100. Thank you guys for subscribing and sharing and watching and all you guys do. Uh, if you guys can rate us and like us and comment and leave a review on iTunes, that'd help as well. Um, you can follow us at CTRLINT, that's Controlled Interests, on Twitter to stay updated with uh, video game news and just all of our happenings and uploads. You can find us at our personal Twitters. I'm at Jared underscore. Dom is at Dom's Oreos. Jordan, who wasn't with us today, is at Mellow Modus. Uh, I already told you guys, if you can, please uh, you know, rate us and, and like us on and subscribe to us on iTunes. It really helps. Um, share our videos and podcasts if you can. Like I said, we hit 52 subscribers. Inching our way, they say the, the toughest amount of subscribers to get is 100, and it kind of gets easier after that. So we're inching our way towards that, you know. And we appreciate anybody who listens now because you're here in the early days of controlled interest. So we really appreciate it. Um, 
What else? Am I missing anything else? The Bears Man, won this week. Us? The Bears won this week, so I'm excited about that. We finally won. Dominated the Vikings. Um, oh, and Nebraska finally lost. It sucks, but I know yeah. you're a Michigan oh. fan. Mm. so Yeah. and <laughs> 0 Number three. I like where we sit right now, and I think we're going to beat Ohio State. I don't know if we'll end up beating Alabama in the championship, though. I think we beat Clemson in that first playoff game. But Alabama, well, they're just goddamn Alabama. So Yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening or watching. Hope you guys didn't take the podcast. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.